What's up everybody, Milanist here and welcome to the Calligraphers podcast. This is a show where I talk with some of the most inspiring and influential artists in the world of calligraphy, lettering and sign painting with the goal of exploring their mindset and understand how they became successful. In today's episode I have a very special guest. He is a very good friend of mine and a member of Calligraphy Masters team. He is the first sign painter joining the Calligraphers podcast. Jacob Emberg, aka Copenhagen Science, is a super skilled, humble and very hardworking person and I'll be talking with him about his journey in sign painting and try to learn about what and how he does as well as some of his secrets. So without further ado, let's jump into it. So, hi mate. Hi uh, long, Milan. <laughs> long time no see. It's, yeah. it's, good. it's good to see you. How, how are you doing buddy? Very good, thank you. Uh, keeping busy as usual and uh, trying to uh, get away with uh, traveling quite a bit. Uh, and, and, and meantime, um, keeping all my clients in Copenhagen satisfied. So it's a good balance, but I think I succeed. So it's all good. <laughs> How are you? <laughs> uh, I'm great, I'm great, I'm doing great. Like, uh, happy to hear you're doing well as well. Uh, those days I'm just recording a lot of podcast episodes because it's the new thing I started and yeah. there is still no nobody else doing it in our niche. So no? I think uh, I'm quite... Uh, yeah, I think nobody... There is no other podcast about calligraphy, lettering and sign painting or... Perfect. One of them, I don't know. Maybe there is something about typography or something, but... Uh, I only know of podcasts. I haven't heard them. I know of Perspective Collective. He does a podcast, but I don't know what it's about. Pizza, okay. maybe. Huh. Well, that's fun. Well, <laughs> but, uh, this, yeah. this podcast is for calligraphers, lettering artists yeah. and sign painting artists. And actually, a few days ago, I was supposed to record the first episode with a sign painter. It was supposed to be Mike Mayer. All right. But then uh, he had something that popped up in the last moment. So okay. we postponed it. But there will be an episode with him for sure. Nice. Yeah, good. Well, it's a great initiative and I think it's nice to to sort of uh, use these different uh, channels to, you know, spread the word, spread the knowledge about how to work with lettering, calligraphy or sign painting. So, yeah, I think it's a very good initiative. Yeah, I like it too. And what I like about it, like in the be in the very beginning, I was like a bit like, huh, what's this? But then I realized like most of, our, of us are getting more and more busy. And if, yeah. you, if you make a video and stuff like this, okay, some people can watch it, but most of the time people can't. And with the podcast, they can just uh, pop the airplugs yes. or whatever, do whatever they do and still listen to it, you know? And yeah, yeah. So I so, think it's useful as well. Yeah, it's nice. So you're <laughs> actually the first sign painter officially in the Calligraphers Woo! podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> and uh, so, mate, can you tell me li a little bit about you and about your background? Uh, how old are you? Where are you from? Uh, yeah. uh, what's yeah. your life been growing? What you studied and stuff? And how did you become interested in lettering and letters yeah. in general? Yeah, of course. Yeah, so uh, my name is Jacob. I am 37 years old. And uh, I work by the name of uh, Copenhagen Science, mainly with hand-painted science, but also with lettering art and uh, logo design, uh, teaching workshops, uh, publishing a book, uh, t giving uh, talks about my work. So I try to uh, expand the sort of the the way of uh, working. So it's not only painting science in Copenhagen. So. 
before this, I like, I guess you can say my first uh, interest with the lettering or in lettering started in my early teens when I started uh, painting graffiti. And I've always been interested in graphic design and always been interesting in uh, interested in in everything sort of that has some sort of aesthetic uh, quality, good music, uh, literature, movies, and and graphic design and art. So so, uh, growing up, I've always wanted to work within this creative fields of uh, of work. And so I started out um, working as a graphic designer in my early 20s, being a self-employed graphic designer. And that wasn't really it for me. So I spent quite a few years trying to figure out what to do. And um, later I got into... Uh, it's my girlfriend coming home. Hi, she did it. Awesome, <laughs> hi. <laughs> Um, like later on, I, uh, after working with printing, photography, street art and making movies and like all kinds of creative fields of work, didn't really know what I wanted to do. Uh, and then I started the education as a sign maker in uh, Copenhagen around probably eight or seven, eight, nine years ago. And and here I all of a sudden figured that I was able to work with with uh, typography and and some graphic design, but work more with my hands, more like crafts instead of digital in front of the computer work. And I felt very um, happy and comfortable about working with my hands and still everything evolving around something which like had a visual uh value to me which i think typography have has always had um so after finishing my four-year apprenticeship uh, as a sign maker where i i mainly learned how to produce install and design uh, signs of all kinds uh modern signs which is basically made on on a computer uh, or on a plotter and a printer uh, but we also did some hand-painted signs and, and this is where I really found my passion for, for uh, hand-painted signs. And so in my spare time I started painting signs and like for myself and for my friends. And so it's almost four years ago I, I sort of established Copenhagen Signs. And uh, slowly I was able to attract more and more work. And at one point I was even able to quit my daytime job and go full time as a sign painter here in Copenhagen. And yeah, so the rest is uh, like, uh, yeah, lots of hard work, lots of studying, lots of uh, attending workshops and teaching workshops later on. And uh, yeah. A lot, a lot of what I do evolves around painting signs. So yeah, it's like, it's a, it's a nice path I finally, finally found. So you, you actually answered some of the questions that I had in my head. But that, that's <laughs> yeah. good. You got me talking, man. So no, like... <laughs> that, that is, that's great. That's the, that's the idea. <laughs> yeah, great. And, and also like, 
I had like a, a question in mind for like later interview in the in the interview that like uh, okay. to ask you if you have some plans for a book or anything like this. And <laughs> now when you mentioned that you're working on a book, I was like, wow, yeah. that, that, that's no, cool. yeah. That's actually, cool. I already released the book, so it's like it's done. It's like now I've released the book, and now I'll probably. I don't know, make a couple of scenes or like a small, small books in the future. But uh, well, yeah, so when, when did you release this book that you say just now? I, I have made a photo book. Uh, it's about science of Denmark uh, and it's 300 pages of, uh, of, of uh, showcasing traditional made science in, in Denmark. And it's... Um, uh combined with stories from from craftsmen of uh, Danish craftsmen within typography type design architecture graphic design and old and new sign painters so it's like a, a book uh, sort of like a tribute to Danish uh science and oh, that, uh, that's pretty cool yeah yeah I'm really really happy with it and it got very good reviews and was very uh got a nice sort of uh some nice attention so it was uh yeah a fun project and and also a bit overwhelming actually because i had to sort of give like i'm doing now it's more like a casual interview with a guy i know but i had to give interviews for radio and television and and newspapers and it was quite challenging to sort of uh i don't know to talk with journalists all the time i'm actually pretty happy it's it's over <laughs> to be honest but yeah it was fun <laughs> And what's the book called and uh, where can people find it if somebody wants to check it? Yeah, the book is called Danske Skilde, which translates to Danish science. And it's published by uh, a, uh, an author. Uh, no, not an author. What is it called? Like, yeah, a publisher. Agency? Yeah, it's like a, it's a, like a publisher. They make sort of like um, niche art books in, in Denmark. And it's called Book Lab. And the book is available at www.booklab.dk I've always wanted to say that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> awesome, now you said it. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, uh, when you started, like, sign painting, uh, what, was the what were the struggles you had and uh, how did you overcome them? Mm, yeah, that's a very good question because in the beginning, since... Uh, a lot of us new time sign painters, we don't have like a, a like a traditional education in hand painted signs because it's not um, how can you say it's not available anymore. It's not possible to educate yourself as a journeyman sign painter. So I did my apprenticeship and I learned uh, somewhat how to paint signs and how to work with uh, you know installing signs as well. But I never really learned how to do hand lettering, how to draw typography, which is something I had to sort of like teach myself by working. So I think what I'm and, and what I'm still struggling with, you know, it's like being able to work freely with hand drawn type, uh, like some single stroke lettering, casual lettering, script lettering, and and the the basic styles of, of uh, type like block letters and some styles of Roman and and you know it's it's like I know how to do it but but the way of working with hand-drawn type and handling as they did like 100 years ago it's something 
I have to work hard on 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 doing. And when I see people or sign painters being educated in traditional sign painting, able to do beautiful Roman capitals on a big fascia, just from top and bottom, uh, guidelines. Uh, then I realize, wow, I have so much to learn, and it's like, uh, there's a long way ahead. Um, so yeah, I think um, in the beginning I really worked really hard on 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 learning how to draw type. That is um, the challenge and still is. Um, and what sources did you use to learn it by yourself? Uh, studied books and you you know kind of like just adapting a really good um, sense for typography. So it's sort of like. As you do if you work with music, you, you know, you analyze music all the time and you listen to how is this production made. And it's the same with typography. You have to sort of train your eye to analyze lettering no matter where you go. You know, if you're in a bus and you see some like informational signage, you'll sit and look at the kerning and oh, how is the descender looking on this uh, letter? And it's like not not only working it's like the best way to learn is like by working but really training your eye to to understand what is the sort of the anatomy of typography that is something i've worked hard on and and still do so studying working hard like working non-stop i i've been working i don't know i probably work like thousands of hours uh because i really enjoy drawing and and painting signs um so a lot of learning by doing and a lot of learning by doing things again and again and again because i unfortunately i'm quite a bit of a perfectionist which is not very good when you work with something which is handmade and hand painted meaning i often do think tw things twice and i and i still do just like a month ago i had a a, a a commission work for a client in the states a tattoo sign and I finished almost the entire sign and I just looked at it and I wasn't really happy with it. So it just like started all over again. And and this is uh, how I did it a lot in the beginning, doing things like once or twice to sort of get a good result. And that is a learning process. And that is the, the, the learning curve of being more and more uh, sort of like able to do things in, in one shot, uh, so to speak. But yeah, learning by doing, studying typography as well. So in calligraphy, practice is kind of uh, very important. Is is there also a way of practicing sign painting? And if so, how much time were you spending spending on practice? And are you still spending time on practice? Yeah, I I mean in the beginning, what I practiced a lot was you know alphabets single stroke alphabets uh like casuals and block letters and script and i still practice a lot you know and it's, it's like my way of working it's it's very um since it's all from my my heart and my soul and my hands it's a very personal way of working and sometimes you don't feel in your right element working with uh, maybe some client work and i often sort of pull the plug and just practice some loose lettering uh some some fun personal styles and that is where i develop um but 
I also do a lot of personal pieces. Sometimes it's uh, it 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 will end up as a part of an exhibition or just like a piece, like a sample piece for my studio. But all these personal explorations of of type, whether it being in the sketchbook or on a gold leaf glass sign or on a wooden panel, that is how I practice, and and I get a, a finished sign as a result. So it's not only just paper practice and in the drawer it goes. It's more like I have an an idea for a, a style of lettering or some experimental things of of materials, and I execute it, and I learn by 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 sort of creating these signs, and at the end of the day when I have a client and, and he wants something done or he has an idea, I know how to do it because I have made all these practice pieces at, at my studio. So in other words, yes, I do practice all the time. <laughs> and uh, you think it's uh, like it's, it's as, as important part of uh, learning it as it is in calligraphy? Yes. Yes, I think so, because a lot, uh, as in calligraphy, a lot of the um, sort of the skill set in sign painting is muscle memory. And the more you practice, the more of this muscle memory you, you train. So whether you are practicing like just alphabets or you painting signs for a client, it's all sort of hours that you put into your your mind, your hand, your soul, your heart. And all this is sort of like uh, um, a combination of your your intellect, your intelligence and your, your brain, your intellect and your muscles and your eyes, obviously, and all these things put together will make you good at what you're doing. And again, to to, to make uh, like an, a, an a, analogy to, to, to music, you know, it's the same why if you want to learn how to play the violin, you just have to put hours into it. And I usually teach this at my workshops and, and I say there's there's no trick to it. There's nothing magical about being a sign painter that's only the amount of time that you put into it uh, so yeah i think it's it practice is very important and i think it's important no matter what kind of person you is some people feel very good just practicing casual alphabets all day long it's fine but for me i think i i need some more variety and that's why i try to make my practice sort of like small art pieces or fun pieces that have more of a value than just practicing and for example taking block letters plain single stroke block letters a sans serif typography doing that with just uh top and bottom line just straight off the tip of the brush can be quite tricky to get the proportions right and make it look good and i started doing this where i sort of broke it apart and made all these alphabets which were weird ligatures and all kinds of fragments and i had so much fun doing these alphabets which were like very personal interpretation of something very basic and all of a sudden when i'm doing basic block letters for a client or on a real job i have all these fun practice hours put into use and all of a sudden it's much easier when i'm doing real work so i think it's important to make your practice a lot of fun sort of create your own little practice game and and they'll sort of uh, pay off i think yeah okay cool uh, can can you speak about a little bit about the tools in sign in sign painting because 
obviously you work with a lot of brushes but they are also like it's not the usual tools we use in calligraphy or lettering like what no, are the no. tools in uh, in order of like uh, uh, brushes uh, paints or whatever you use yeah uh, let's first start with uh, a pencil and a ruler because usually you you spend some time sketching before you 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 paint your sign and then you usually transfer your lettering or your design onto a surface whether it being glass wood metal or like a brick wall and there's different transferring techniques there's the pouncing technique where you make small holes in your layout you put it on the surface and you n pounce with uh, charcoal powder and then you sort of have a, an, an, a, an imprint on the wall which you have as, as a guide for you to paint or there's different like tracing techniques um, sometimes you work from what is what is called a scratch layout where you just make some you know guidelines on the on an a board for example and then you 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 just paint but usually you spend quite some time designing your your sign before and there the the roller and the pencil uh, are quite important uh, tools now when you get to paint your sign we uh, we work with brushes called lettering quills and the significant difference between the brushes for sign painting and brushes for calligraphy or, or art or watercolor or whatever is that the uh, hairs on the brushes is quite long and it's usually from, from animal hair like squirrel or kolinsky or ox and, and, and these long hairs on the lettering quills uh, able to store a lot of paint, making us able to make long lines, and and uh, that is uh, by all means uh, necessarily uh, very good for for the work. So you don't have to sort of reload the brush and and continue your strokes. You want to be able to make as long strokes as possible. Um, so yeah. Um, the lettering quill, the sign painting brush is uh, the most commonly used uh, brush. Uh, there are other kinds of brushes for different purposes. You, we also use, like as, as you as a calligrapher, use a flat brush. And sometimes we use a flat brush for some single stroke uh, lettering. Or we use for rough uh, brick walls, we use fitches, which is like a short angled uh, stiff hair brush and that is able to make straight lines on a very rough textured brick wall for example um, there's quite a bit of different brushes depending on the surface for example if you're working on um, a very hard surface like a glass or the, a vehicle like a like a truck or a motorcycle you usually pick a brush which is a little bit more soft um, like a, like a squirrel hair uh, brush and and so you can say like the harder the surface the the softer the brush but it's like all these brushes you really sometimes you just pick one or two three uh one two three different brushes before you find a brush which is really good for the particular surface or material um but uh yeah and so for the paint uh, 90% of the time i use an uh, enamel paint which is called one-shot paint some of you probably know this paint this is specially made for sign painting and and lettering and we thin it with a reducer or just like a white spirit 
and and this is quite good paint and there are some other brands on the market like Ronan and Craftsmaster and recently there uh, has been released a new brand of enamel in the states oh I forget the name uh, but it doesn't matter but there is like alternatives uh, like for example when I was in Armenia we couldn't get one shot shipped to Armenia I had to teach a, a workshop at a school and we just used the oil-based paint from the local hardware uh, shop so so any oil-based enamel paint can can be used for for sign painting uh, I rarely use acrylic uh, paint sometimes for for fascias you know shop front I use a, an acrylic paint but it's mainly because they want a, a matte look instead of a, a shiny look which uh, one shot paint uh, usually has unless it's poster paint for for paper um, so yeah pencil roller sign painting brush called lettering quill and one shot paint and I use a mall stick yes, <laughs> to support my was, hand. Yeah, that I was about to, to ask. Can <laughs> yeah, you speak so, a little bit about this stick? Because like yeah. I know many people don't know what it is, and even when they see yeah. it in videos, they're like, "What is this? What is it used for?" <laughs> yeah, so a mall stick is uh, like it's a long stick used to support your hand when you paint. Um, back in the days, the mall sticks were uh, used by by artists to to paint like fine art, like oil paintings, and it supports your hand when you're painting or writing or you know working with a brush, and it also uh, makes you able to sort of not put your hand into the the wet paint because a thing about oil based paint is it it takes quite some time to to dry. And um, yeah, so when you paint signs, you usually support your hand uh, because you want to be able to make like steady lettering or steady strokes. And uh, you mentioned Mike Meyer before, the sign painter superhero. He supports his hand uh, with a pinky down. So he uses his, his pinky on his right hand. And this is another way of, of supporting your hand while you paint. Uh, it's quite an American thing to, to, to work pinky down. Uh, another way of working is hand over hand where you support the, your, your, your painting hand on the opposite hand. And this is also quite good, especially for smaller uh, stuff. Uh, the mall stick, I prefer the mall stick, but it's not everywhere you can work with a mall stick. If you're painting a motorcycle helmet or a, a gas tank, there's really nowhere to put your mall stick. And here you need to work either pinky down or, or hand over hand. So different ways of, of supporting your, your hand when you work. Yeah, when we talk now about this, uh, something came to my mind. like Because many of the times you work on a, a vertical surface. Yeah, so yeah. when you practice, do you practice on a vertical or you're on a desk or something? And how important is to get used to or practice on a vertical surface? Um, I think actually it's very it's a matter of uh, preference, like personal preference. There's a lot of sign painters who prefer to work flat on a table. Uh, I prefer to work uh, standing. I f it gives me I feel it gives me more uh, freedom. Um, back in the days, there was uh, something called show card and, and ticket uh, writing and, and show card writers, they would uh, work 
uh, on a slightly uh, angled uh, but but flat surface, and uh, show card writers has to ha had to produce a lot of uh, paper signs or or cards paper card uh, what do you call this. Uh, card stock, you know, signs, um, and and they work quite fast. And one way of uh, how can you say one advantage by working flat is that your brush is uh, pointing down in a perpendicular angle, making the 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 paint flow freely off the brush. So they would be able to write um, like even like <laughs> a lot of letters in, in one go and didn't have to reload the brush. And uh, when you're working on, uh, you know, like vertical, you sort of have like a, a different uh, way of working because the brush is like pointing, you know, like in a horizontal direction and, and the paint doesn't flow freely off the brush. So you have to like reload a little bit more. Um, but it's really a perf personal uh, preference. Usually, you have uh, like uh, signs which are quite big, and 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 it's for me it's a nice way of uh, working. And obviously, also if you're painting straight onto the the walls or the window or the doors of a a, a truck, you usually work uh, on a, in a vertical uh, position. So. Uh, I, I definitely prefer that. But when I'm drawing, I, I usually draw on the desk and then I uh, move over to, you know, the, the sign and, and then I work standing or sitting. When when did you teach your first workshop and uh, how did you decide it? Did you decide it to start doing it? Like uh, how much time it, 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 it went on from the moment you start learning? until the moment you felt like, okay, I can share now my knowledge mm. and at what level you need to be or like, yeah. and how was it like doing your first workshop? Yeah, actually, uh, I was asked to do, if I wanted to do workshops quite fast, like maybe a year after I started and I said no for quite, a, quite some time. And I think like two years after uh, I was offered to go to St. Petersburg in Russia and, and teach a workshop at a, a type festival. And I, I thought of took the opportunity because I thought it was a chance to sort of, um, uh, you know, um, both uh, attend uh, an international typography festival in Russia, which I thought was interesting and also sort of like um get into the um sort of like the can you say like the the, the way of teaching you know i i have uh, always been very like uh sort of uh passionate about what i'm doing that's why i work so many hours and i I'm, i i really love what i'm doing so i thought um maybe that uh, the fact that I'm still new to this uh, field of work uh, makes me able to sort of like um, sort of uh, transfer my knowledge uh, to, to someone who's also new. Um, so, so yeah, well, I went to Russia and I taught a two-day workshop and it went very well. Um, and um, later uh, I did a couple of other workshops in Copenhagen. And all of a sudden, like slowly, I was offered to do workshops in Barcelona and different countries. And, and this year I'm like going to California and Singapore and uh, whatnot. And um, 
Yeah, I think it's um, it's it's quite amazing way of um, sort of um, showing people uh, how you work, and this is what I do. I'm very, um, I'm very, I really enjoy teaching, and and I get very positive feedback. That's why I keep keep doing it. Um, as a person, I'm I'm very positive. I'm very open minded. I'm very hard working, and all these things. Uh, together sort of um, apparently makes me a good teacher <laughs> and 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 this is um, yeah it's a it's a good way of also inspiring uh, people like you do with with calligraphy masters but inspiring people to to start uh, painting signs because this is what this uh, this is what the world needs more hand painted signs but it's like a lot of uh, cities in, in in europe or a lot of countries in europe and all around the world the way of working with hand painted signs has completely died out and and now by attending workshop with mike or jeff marshall or other sign painters a new generation is like popping up and i think it's i mean i've taught workshops in slovenia armenia Bulgaria, as you know. Really? Uh, yeah. You were in and Bulgaria? Yeah, dude. Oh, <laughs> you, yeah, I remember, remember like last year. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was in... But it's like now I see uh, people from my workshops, not like every single participant, but I see some of the participants from my workshop starting to paint signs and I guide them to pick the right brushes and materials and approach and... And all of a sudden, there's uh, like uh, really like the, the 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 new era of sign painting is blooming all around, and I think it's beautiful because I mean we definitely need some sort of contrast to to digital made signs, which is where we are surrounded by. Um, so yeah, it's it's been an interesting journey. What what are the workshops are you are teaching? Is it specific about sign painting, or they are about different hands that you use alphabets or? No, I mean I my I usually do a two day workshop and uh, it's built uh, as the education in in traditional sign painting usually is. So first you learn how to construct lettering from from scratch with a pencil and a ruler. We we draw uh, a sans serif uh, style lettering, also called block letters, uh, by us sign painters. And then you get an introduction to the mall stick and the lettering quill and the paint. And then you, you practice some basic strokes to, to get this established some sort of um, rhythm or establish like an understanding of how to use the brush and the, the paint. And then you get to paint your block letters. And on day two, it's um, a single stroke lettering, which is essentially like calligraphy. It's a different brush and different paint but it's uh, letters which are shaped by one stroke from a brush. Uh, of course, you can do some touch-ups and you can add some, but it's like, it's, it's, uh, it's a very fun way of working and it's a very loose way of working. Um, then I teach about rules of layout, you know, how to make a good composition and have your margins and how to learn about optical center and I show how to do shading, like uh, like convex, then block shade and drop shadows, and so very like fundamental 
um, things about how to work as a, as a sign painter. And then the students can sort of paint a sign, like a paper sign to, to bring where they use what they've learned, or they can practice some, some casuals or make an alphabet. And it's quite different how each student wants to, to sort of get the most out of the workshop. My workshops is very individual. Um, it's like, um, I think I would like to welcome all levels. There's usually a majority of graphic designers attending the workshop. But sometimes I have experienced calligraphers or like tattoo artists or someone who are uh, used to working with uh, hand lettering or working with their hands and uh, not with the computer. And I try to sort of, uh, you know, teach individually so everyone sort of get the most out of it. Uh, yeah, so it's, it's a, it's a two-day workshop of basic hand lettering and sign painting techniques. and. I'm I'm not a I mean some some workshops are small like one day workshop paint a sign and that's all right you you go there and you paint a sign you have something to bring home and you can put it on your Pinterest shelf or what the fuck not and it's all good you know and you have painted a sign but my workshops is more like get introduction to the basics of sign painting and then is for some people it's like two days off with some analog fun and for some they start painting signs and um, a part of my workshop is always to help people in the future to keep painting signs so i reply emails to people all around the world who have been to a workshop and has a job they need guidance and i help them to pick the right paint and approach and uh, this is of course like free of charge and something i do because i uh, want to sort of spread the the knowledge and uh, yeah so it's really up to the each individual participant what how they want to sort of like use this uh, knowledge can people learn sign painting on their own or or it's important to start with the workshop or with some guidance of a person who is in the field yeah you need you need it's very difficult to work on your own because what can happen is that you will practice in a wrong way you will maybe use the brush in a wrong way or the paint in a wrong way or maybe your your lettering will be in have some flaws you know like some like errors or mistakes you know so if you practice in a wrong way you'll end up getting it like bad habits and that will uh, inevitably mean bad lettering bad sign painting so it's important that you get some guidance and this is a very practical way of working so uh, I don't do workshops on uh, what do you call it like video seminars or what do you call these workshops because it's really for me it's really important to to feel the the consistency of the paint and to feel the brush and to you know sometimes when people are struggling with with the like working with with the brush it's just a little bit of adjustment you know how to hold the brush or the mold stick or the paint is too thin needs a bit of thinner or the other way around and and these minor adjustments is something you need to to work uh, with hands on and you need someone to to guide you as uh, as I did at my apprenticeship and as I have been 
learning at workshops like actually tomorrow I'm on my way to Wales to attend a workshop with a, a sign writer in Wales called uh, David Kiniston and it's a two-day workshop in a specific um, technique of gold leaf burnishing and I attend a lot of workshops uh, still to sort of expand my knowledge in this field of uh, working so my workshops is for beginners uh, and, and this workshop is for someone who has more experience. So what are some of the workshops that you have attended and what are those of who you attended that most helped you or helped you like advance a lot? Who are the people who are teaching it? I mean, I, I must say the first time I attended the Mike's workshop almost like, yeah, it's almost four years ago, three and a half years, something like that. That was really an eye-opener for me because before that, as you said, I was trying to teach myself how to do. And in, in Denmark, uh, the way of, of painting science is uh, to take a font uh, on a computer and you print it and you make a pounce pattern and you transfer it and you, you paint it. And that is Danish sign painting and everyone is saying, I'm a sign painter. And it's all right. That's how I learned. And you learn how to paint and you learn how to control a brush but you don't know how to do hand lettering. And that is what I've learned um, attending workshops. The first workshop with Mike, I've really learned some, some fundamentals which were like mind blowing for me. It was like so simple how to construct lettering like this. And I've, I started using it for like all kinds of lettering styles, but the, the principle were the same. And all of a sudden I was like, able to sort of it was like a hack like wow it's so easy you just need to have a set of rules and this is what i like about lettering and typography you sort of have a set of rules it's not like art where it can be completely abstract you know you need to understand the rules of typography and within that set of rules you can sort of explore um but yeah i've also attended a, a gold leaf workshop with dave smith and Will Lines in, in Oslo, which was really good for me. I've learned a lot from that. Um, yeah, what else? Uh, Jeff Marshall's uh, workshops. I've learned a lot about script lettering from attending those. Um, uh, doing a third workshop with him, or maybe even the fourth. I forget. Um, yeah, so it's uh, and, and attending letterhead meets. This is the thing uh, we, uh, us sign painters, we, we do. We attend letterhead meets, which is sort of like a, a nerdy convention of sign painters just painting signs. And, and I learn a lot from attending these uh, letterhead meets, uh, not only by painting signs and making panel swaps and stuff like that, but also they're talking with people and asking and, uh, you know, it's just like fucking four days of talking about science like how do you store your brushes and oh i saw you did this style of gold leaf how do you do that and all this accumulates and became become a part of your uh knowledge and and then you know next weekend or so i have uh, or something like that then i have a workshop i have to teach and someone's asking me something and it's like Usually, if you were a journeyman sign painter, you did a five-year apprenticeship in the States in the 60s, you would know this. But I learned at a letterhead meet in Canada, so I was like, what the fuck? It's uh, how you learn in, in uh, this era. Yeah, it's good. 
it's a good community to to learn from. Everyone is very open-minded and generous with uh, their knowledge. Awesome. Who are the, some of the sign painters that uh, are most inspiring you and whose work you admire a lot? I guess you mentioned already a few names, but... Yeah, um, there are... Uh, yeah, there's quite a few. Uh, I, I, was, I would like to mention a guy from Zurich, uh, Matthias. He's called Tafelmaler. I really am very inspired by him. I'm very fascinated by how talented he is and how good his work is. Uh, there is a sign painter in, in London called Jet Palmer. He's also a, a huge inspiration and, and also a good friend. Um, one of the most inspiring lettering artists is um, a Norwegian guy called Friso. He's also a sign painter. And he's been inspiring, inspiring me from, from just before I started painting signs myself. And actually the first workshop I ever attended, like six five or six years ago at my school he taught a workshop on on casual lettering and that was like amazing um so um and of course there is uh sort of like next level sign painters within gold leaf glass signs there is noel weber from from the states there is dave smith from the the uk and then there is uh will will lines from from australia um and and these guys it's sort of like next level it's like it's like amazing what they do uh, but but in terms of uh in terms of uh, lettering there is uh, a lettering artist and he's also one of the founders of the uh, type foundry house industries he's called ken barber and is in in new york and he's also before like way before i got into sign painting house industries and, and his work has, has always been quite uh, inspiring uh, to me. Um, but, but if you are interested in sign painting, just use the has hashtag sign painting on Instagram. And, and, and it's quite a small niche. It's not like if you, if you use the hashtag tattoo, you'll get like, I don't know, 5 million <laughs> posts. But if you use the hashtag of, of sign painting, it's, it's not so many, so you can quite easily figure out uh, who's uh, who's doing it, who's painting signs. <laughs> now that you mentioned tattoos, I want to ask you because I I seen you like in the summer and sometimes <laughs> you get pictures like how 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 comes your love for tattoos and uh, can yeah. you speak? Because uh, I usually a person seeing you like right now in the winter or anything won't even. <laughs> imagine uh, what's like uh, with your legs but like i lo i love it and i, I just want to know how is it, where this love comes for from and uh, what do you like to put on yourself yeah i mean i don't know i think i started getting tattoos around 10 years ago and back then i was like i was uh, drinking a lot and partying a lot and i didn't really care too much so i just slowly started getting like a lot of you know homemade tattoos and you know get tattooed by friends and i sort of like that you know prison style russian uh, tattoo style and slowly my legs just started to get filled and and what you are referring to is the fact that i am completely covered from my waist and down to my feet in black tattoos and of course some people see this where if i'm painting signs in my shorts and and uh 
slowly it just became a thing like like all of a sudden i noticed like not so many people have like that ridiculous amount of black tattoos only on their legs and i don't know also my legs got posted quite a bit on on you know black tattoo you know instagram pages and all of a sudden these legs became like famous on on, on social media and i was like hey what here's something i maybe i could use this uh you know branding wise so sometimes i i know you know i use it because it's like okay it's like it's just me you know it's a unique thing and then you know it, it for me it's like a complete mess you know it's just like my, no, my le- I, I actually love it and it's funny thing because when i first first time i saw it i was like what is this is this jacob because like <laughs> you're like you're this super cool chill dude and you're doing something super serious sign painting and all the sudden when i saw it i was like uh, i couldn't like understand it you know but i love it yeah. it's pretty cool and it's yeah. it's awesome and different yeah i know it's like some people also get a bit uh surprised when they see it because i'm very like calm guy easygoing i i don't look, strike anyone as like an uh, over tattooed dude and uh yeah and it's it's also it looks quite heavy because my legs are almost like black it looks like i'm wearing black leggings in the summer and uh yeah i, I kind of like this look where it's just like a mess and you you ask like if i get uh anything special or what do i like to get tattooed and of course i i choose a lot of the tattoos but i would often go into my tattoo artist and just tell them uh yeah can you do uh this and that and then just do whatever the fuck you want and i would be under the needle for a couple of hours and i'll get up and it's like what the fuck did you just do here? What is this, like a cut-off finger? I didn't ask for that. Oh, well, it looks cool, thanks. So it's just like, I have so much random stuff, which is just completely random. One of my tattoo artists, he's from Greece, and he's been writing like all kinds of crazy shit in Greek. And I don't, I don't remember what it means, half of it. But I mean, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a big old uh, mess. Thankfully, I only have to look at it in the summer. <laughs> Does anyone have ever asked you to make them a tattoo design and sign painting? Yeah, it's quite interesting because actually the past year, I think I've designed maybe three or four tattoos where they they see my lettering and they want something for a tattoo. And it's quite interesting, especially because uh yeah i mean my style of lettering it's not very like tattoo-ish you know so but but the results are quite good i did design a tattoo for a friend of mine in in the uk where it says i o a f s which is sort of um the motto of the the letterheads and it stands for uh it's only a fucking sign and it's a it's a quite good expression and it's a good reminder to to everyone uh in the in the trade because it basically means you know uh leave your ego at the door you know you're 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 not anything special you're just painting signs you know and it's a very good expression but but i did a i'm very happy with the result because i paint i i, I draw some lettering and i was trying to stay true to traditional tattoo style lettering and combine it with my own style and yeah, I was really happy with with this 
if anyone not listening, you can look up Coleman Sign and Design. He's a UK sign writer, a really nice guy, and he has a tattoo which I designed. <laughs> awesome. Uh, what's the best advice or tip you ever received on sign painting that uh, helped you the most? It's only a fucking sign. That's it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. Um, mm. I think, um, yeah, it's quite difficult. Uh, I mean, I think the understanding of that the only way of learning this is ours, you know? You can't just, like, read this in a book or you can't look at a video or listen to a podcast. You just need to, like, paint and put hours into it. And And I've learned that by I guess by everyone who says that practice is the key and and I often get uh, messages from people asking like how do I get into sign painting and and of course I guide them and tell them sources for for you know inspiration and books and tools and materials and other sign painters and and whatnot but basically my advice would be just practice just get into it just get some miles, you know, it's like, there's really only one way of, of learning this and it's practicing. And as soon as you think you are good at one style of lettering, you start another style of lettering and you're at zero again, you feel like shit and you know you have to put fucking thousand hours into that style of lettering. And this is why it's beautiful. I, I love it. Uh, yeah. So the best advice is practice is the key. <laughs> Fair enough. How important and helpful are books for sign painters? And can you give some titles of books that helped you and that might help other people? Yeah, um, there's there's been published a lot of books on, on hand lettering and sign painting within the past century. And... Uh, if there is a couple of books I should uh, sort of like mention, there is a book called The Sign Painting Course by E.C. Matthews. And uh, I thankfully I have the original, but it's also available from a website called archive.org. Um, and, and here there is uh, quite a bit of, of, of useful uh, resources for, for sign painting and, and lettering. Uh, PDF books available for download for free. Um, yeah, so that's really like, it's quite a bit of a, it's, uh, can you say like, it's sort of uh, legendary, this book called The Sign Painting Course. Um, there is a lot of other old books from the beginning of the 20th century. I have them in, in PDF format. And uh, yeah, there is a book called The Silent Sign Writer. I really like that. Um, but if you are um, new to sign painting and you have an experience with hand lettering or calligraphy, um, yeah, the sign painting course is probably a good way to start. If you start completely from scratch, I also would like to recommend the, the book, which is called The ABC of Custom Lettering. It's by uh, a good friend, actually, from, from Barcelona, Ivan Castro. He's a calligrapher and, and a lettering artist. But it sort of takes you from the basics of calligraphy into to hand lettering and, and you know, designing. 
and it's written in a very humorous and and positive way and that book is uh, for me a good place to start if you're like curious of getting into it it's a, it's a new book and it's it goes around uh, a lot of styles in in lettering and uh, yeah books on on sign painting um yeah there's so many old books i'm thinking about any like useful new books apparently there is a book called the sign painters and it's a book made from the movie called sign painters which is a a movie about american sign painters and the book is uh it's just very uh like basically it's interviews and and showcasing word work of of different american sign painters and that is probably uh, it's also a very good book to sort of uh, get acquainted with if you don't know anything about sign painting because you see so many different ways of working and yeah it's kind of the beauty of 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 all creative fields of work but especially in sign painting because it's it's very manually it's very it's always hand painted it's the difference uh the different personalities you you see and i think it's one of the most beautiful things about working analog is that the the personality of the human working uh really comes to show in the in the work and this book sign painters has a lot of different personalities and you see it in of course the the person but also in in their work um but uh yeah some of the books i would uh, recommend for for inspiration there is uh books books by louise philly and uh, she has made some good books about signs of italy signs of paris signs of uh, la rampla in barcelona and um, it's basically photo books um about signs from from these uh, cities and are of there, course yeah. are there any countries where uh, sign painting it's been used much more than in the other parts of the world and in which yeah. countries in our days there is the biggest interest for sign painting yeah definitely uh like some countries like denmark it's like almost completely died um uh, i guess probably the uk is one of the countries where the tradition has been kept alive the most the states as well there's a a, a great tradition australia has a great tradition paris the tradition of traditional sign painting in, in Paris is it's quite small but it's like it's 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 like there it's uh, it's alive um but uh, i i think you can say that london is probably one of the capitals of traditional sign writing um it's like england is a very traditional uh country and and you know they have been keeping it alive where Denmark it's a small country we want to innovate and and you know develop and keep up with new ideas all the time so some ways of working gets lost like like sign painting but in England it's a little bit more we stick to traditional ways of working and there's a lot of like long boats and honors boards and uh, just like traditional sign signs you would never consider getting done in vinyl or digital print um so yeah 
But I must uh, admit, I was in Paris this summer. I've always th thought that London is the capital of of of, of science and hand painted science, but Paris has like amazing uh, science. I was really super stoked. I'm definitely going back to to Paris, oh, uh, mainly for the for the science. It's uh, amazing. Is there a huge difference in the sign painting styles and the places they applied it, like in back in the time and that uh, in the sign painting that is being done today and where it's been applied? What's the difference? Um, yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, one thing. One thing I would say is that the the sort of the personality of a country comes to show in in sign painting. So. Let's say American sign painting. It's quite like uh, has like a, it's great. It's huge. It's very colorful and monumental. And the UK, it's very like uh, classy. It's like Roman capitals and cobble plate, and it's like very like you know classy. And like Italy, it's very decorative and very like you know beautiful and. Artsy and it's like so the, the 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 personality of the country really comes to show in in the the this the hand painted signs, but now uh, at days when when us new timers we um, start working with signs, the most natural thing is to sort of look back and and see how what is was it done back in the days and and make our own version of that. So. Um, I mean, the ways of working has not changed a lot. Yeah, maybe nowadays people use a font a little bit more. And of course, you can make a pound pattern on a plotter or, uh, you know, you, you, you print a logo and you transfer it and you paint it and it's a hand painted sign and it's all good. So, um, but I mean, personally, I would like to sort of see if I can... Um, break the boundaries of uh, typography in, in sign painting and sort of explore a little bit and, and give the traditional, I mean, uh, traditional sign painting a little bit more of a, a fresh look, still handmade and still like, uh, you know, hand drawn and hand painted, of course. Um, but I like, uh, like, I, I usually work in few colors and very simple and graphic approach. And a lot of uh, new time sign painters are inspired by Victorian era, and they use a lot of uh, ornamental parts and colors and shading, which is beautiful. I'm amazed, and I I, I love I love it. Uh, but but personally, um, I like to work in a little bit more. I don't know. It's it's very personal, you know. It's like I have a background in graffiti and graphic design, and that comes to show in in my work. And I think, no matter where you come from, your 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 past will will show in your work. It's like if you work as a tattoo artist, if you've been doing calligraphy for fifteen years and you start tattooing, that will show in your tattoo work. And if you've been doing graphic design for 15 years, that will show in your tattoo work. And it's pretty much the same in, in sign painting, that, that your past will somehow affect the, the, the design you're, you're doing. I see. Uh, can uh, left, lefties, left-handed people, can they do sign painting? And if so, do you know any good sign painters that are left-handed? 
Yes, lefties can do sign painting and some of the best sign painters around the world are lefties. Let me start by mentioning Derek McDonald of Golden West Sign Arts. He's in Nevada now. He's in the, in the west coast of, of the States. He's a lefty and he's very, he's like amazing. He's a huge inspiration for a lot of us uh, new timers. Uh, he's not like he's not an old timer. He's just he's got a very great sort of like uh, vintage look in his way of uh, working. He's a lefty. He's uh, very good. There is some other lefties. Actually, um, another huge inspiration um, from Alphabetics uh, Anonymous in London. It's a crew of sign writers, and he's called Jake Samuel. Tyler, as far as I remember, he's a lefty and he's doing some really cool script and really great. He's a really inspiring sign painter. Uh, he's a very talented uh, lefty. Uh, there is uh, one of the Pol Poland sign painters. He's a lefty. Peter, he's a lefty. And uh, Alex from Amsterdam sign painters. Alex Clerk, he's a lefty. Uh yeah so yeah there's quite a a, a lot of of left-handed sign uh, painters and they're doing it very very well it's definitely not a, can you say like an obstacle not not at all um as you know in in calligraphy there are some yeah. very good, good I know I mean for me it's never an obstacle but I know many people believe so so I I asked so we explain it and they see that no, there are names and it's it's not something impossible that you just stop them. you just need to practice and for example when you're doing single stroke lettering and you're a lefty you pull the strokes in the opposite direction so I'm a right-handed and I pull from left to right when I do horizontal strokes you're a lefty you pull your strokes from right to left so with your horizontal strokes you reverse the direction now all your vertical strokes you still pull from from up and down in most cases um, but there is like, yeah, different, um, you know, specimens of, of alphabets uh, that you can see the directions of how to work with the brush. But uh, it's definitely not, a, you know, an obstacle. Yeah, I mean... By myself, I mean, I had a few clients of uh, when I was during my apprenticeship, but it wasn't really like my clients, even though I did everything. Um, but but uh, my my first client was uh, my tattoo artist, uh, my friend, who's like an old friend. He has a tattoo shop, and I started painting the shop front of his tattoo shop. And uh, I mean, yeah, obviously he paid me in tattoos, but <laughs> but this is uh, that was a good job. I I did. I mean, I I what I did back then is like I wanted to do some casual lettering, so I found a house industries font called Sign Painters, and I took the lettering and I made a pounce pattern, and I would paint a five-letter word. Uh, with with a small the smallest brush possible. I was so like I didn't know what I was doing. It was so difficult, and it took me I don't know <laughs> like a half an hour, maybe an hour to paint this small word. And looking at that, it's like wow. Now it would take me like 
two minutes to do that single stroke, just like. So it's like it's for me. It was a it's a good way to start, and I always encourage anyone who wants to start painting signs, to paint signs for your friends' uh, shops. You know, everyone has some friends who who has I don't know connection to a shop, and maybe they want you with real cash maybe you i mean in the beginning i painted signs for my my tattoo artist uh, like the coffee shops uh my dentist my hairdresser like uh i would trade signs for for any kind of like uh, uh you know things and what happens is you learn by painting signs for for your friends and you will attract some attention and all of a sudden the, the cafe next door wants to get a sign as well. And here, there you go, it's your first paying client. So so since this is something not that usually used in our days and it's as not so as popular as before, like how do you decide how much to charge clients for this kind of work? Usually I just close my eyes and just hit a random number on the keyboard. That works very well. <laughs> now, pri pricing is quite difficult because, um, again, as you can take an education in traditional sign painting, you don't know how to, to price your work. You can just estimate how long is this going to take? What's the cost of paint and materials and what should the price be? Uh, but what I've learned is to really price the client and, and not the job. So if I have a small independent independent business and they want a hand-painted sign, I will give them a very good price because I know they can't afford a, a, an expensive sign. And, and, and different if I have a major corporate brand and they want some wall painting done, I will give them a, a price with fits their budget you know because if i charge a uh, thousand euro for uh, a massive uh, wall painting uh, they'll just like laugh and just like you know uh, think he's he's a retard and so if i charge like a uh, five thousand euro they think wow he's a good artist it's like worth it but if i have a uh, like a let's say you have like two guys in the middle of their 20s they start a small restaurant they want a wall painting done I maybe I wouldn't even charge hundred uh, a thousand euro. I would charge you know five hundred euro, and they will pay me uh, some in 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 the you know on in money, and they will buy me a few dinners, and everyone's happy. So it's really difficult. You have to you have to think about who is the the client. But what I calculate with and what most sign painters do is they have a day rate and then if they have a job that lasts five days you have five uh, day rates and my day rate is probably around 800 euro um, and of that I have to pay taxes and we live in I live in Denmark and I pay half in taxes so it's different in a country where you pay less in taxes so you maybe a day rate in, in Spain is, is different because they have lower taxes. So there's a lot of things to, to calculate uh, with. It's difficult with the pricing. It's very difficult. Okay, but thanks. It was like, interesting uh, to hear the way you do it because I like the way you use it. Like if somebody can afford this and this, it, it, I think it's a really cool way to do this. 
And I'm, I must also admit, it depends on how busy I am. Because if I'm very busy, yeah, maybe I can make time to paint your sign. But you have to pay a little bit extra because I'm fully booked. And there is a, there is actually a trick to, to this where you, you, you just say that you're fully booked all the time. So no matter when a client calls, he'll ask you, I want this sign done by f next month. Is it possible? And you say, no, unfortunately, I'm booked till October. But if you pay some extra like emergency fee, whatever, you know, I can I can probably do it. And then that's a way to boost your prices. And uh, but but what I also do is to to make room for people's budget is because it's very individual what people's budget is. I've lost a lot of clients because their budget is not for for a hand painted sign. But what I do is. Okay, let's say I have a cafe, they want two windows done, uh, a fascia, like a shop front and, and the top, and an A-board and some opening hours and a menu. So all these different elements, I would price them individually. I wouldn't just say like, oh, this is 3,500 euro. I would say uh, this one is 500 euro, this one is 600 euro, this is 400 euro, this, you know. I would price all these elements individually and then I would line it up and 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 you know write specifically what the price uh, sort of uh, contains and and then at the end of the uh, quote i will write uh, i will give a, a discount if you buy all of the signs something like this and this gives the client sort of like uh, oh wonder what the discount is <laughs> and sometimes people don't even ask for the discount they're just like yeah get it done and it, the price is obviously always fair, but this sort of like gives me a buffer for the the people with a low with a smaller budget, and then I can sort of say if they're like okay, but if I buy these three four elements, what would the price be then? And then I can sort of like adapt the price to the budget. Yeah, it's uh, tricky. <laughs> it's uh, but it's great advice. It's great advice. Great. Uh, from other clients, like what are the most clients you get? What are the works you most do? Is it all, always some shops and uh, windows on glass or what are uh, your different very... clients and what is your favorite kind of clients or work to do? Defi the, the favorite jobs is the ones where I can do like whatever I want. They trust me to do a good job. Like today I had a meeting with a motorcycle uh, owner and he wants a gas tank done and he had, you know, what the tech should be and with it that I could within that I can do whatever I want you know which colors and the lettering and whatever I can I can do it and he gets a very good price and it's also according to pricing it's usually said that the more the client wants to you know uh, decide how it should be the, the the more expensive it will be so it's like the more I get to choose whatever I want to do the cheaper you get it because I'm having so much fun doing it um, but so so it's like usually my clients are small businesses like cafes, restaurants, tattoo shops, jewelry shops, uh, small businesses who who sort of like values a uh, a unique hand painted sign. Um, but but I'm my favorite clients are the tattoo shops. They will usually say, uh, "I've seen your work, really like it. We have this new shop. You can do whatever you want." 
uh, of course they won't know what it should say and of course I will you know do something which fit their uh, you know shop and their style and uh, and so forth um, so yeah those are the fun jobs Yeah, I think uh, there is a tattoo shop in Copenhagen called Death or Glory. And I did my first major gold leaf job on glass on their windows. And I really, I learned a lot from doing that. And, and, and again, they, I mean, they pay quite well, but I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm not like becoming rich by, by painting this uh, or doing these uh, signs. Because it takes a lot of, of time and I invest a lot of time in uh, drawing it and, and working uh, before I, I go on site to, to paint or gild the windows. And, uh, but they, gave, they give me free hands and I can do like whatever I, I want. And I'm very happy with the result. And I did some lettering on the door and I made a hanging sign with some convex uh, lettering. And again they trust me to do it they they will say we want a hanging sign how are you gonna make it you know and of course i'm not gonna make it like pink and purple and a bubbly balloon style kindergarten look of course i make the sign fit their uh brand and this is how you you need to be professional as a sign painter uh and and also be a good designer so you're able to to sort of uh, create some some signs which uh, sort of uh, expresses the the brand or the sort of the feel of the the, the specific uh, client. Okay. Do you enjoy more uh, doing a work for a client, or do you enjoy more uh, teaching workshops? And Definitely. Why? I mean. I really like teaching workshops. I think it's so much fun and I, I get so positive feedback, uh, even from, from like professors who's been teaching for, for many years that I, I, they tell me I'm a good teacher. I'm good at sort of like, um, expressing, uh, what I'm, uh, uh teaching. Um, and yeah, and sometimes I'm even teaching like professors like, uh, I, I did a workshop at a university in the UK a few weeks ago and, and the feedback was really good. And it was like, wow, here's like <laughs> professors at a university telling me I'm good at teaching. It's like, I feel very honored. So I, I really, really enjoy uh, teaching, but it's like, it's like t 10, 20% of my work. I, I'm a, I'm just a sign painter, you know, this is what I love. I love getting up in the morning and prepare my patterns and go on site or work at the studio and paint signs. Um, but, but so it, I mean, that's what I love and that's why I, I got into sign painting because I really, really love painting signs and yeah. Okay. Obviously this takes a lot of your time, maybe most of your time. Is there something that you enjoy doing when you're not uh, doing science or work? Yeah, the thing I love doing the most when I'm not painting science is being with my girlfriend, Shivile. She is the most amazing human being and uh, we've been together for almost six months and I'm completely in love. So 
I couldn't be more happy about that. Um, besides that, of course, I love uh, music and movies and traveling and being with my family. But uh, yeah, I feel blessed being able to make a living from the brush and from what I love the most, painting signs. And now I feel even more blessed because I have sort of like a life companion uh, with whom I, I love to spend time and, and travel. We're going to Japan also to attend a letterhead meet, but also to take three weeks off. <laughs> nice, nice. That's cool. Cool to hear. Do you have any special plans for this year or any products or things that you're thinking to release uh, this year? Anything more special coming up? From no, I mean, I've been having ideas for releasing a sketchbook magazine uh, for quite some time now. I still didn't wrap my head around how to find time to actually design the shit. Uh, but um, I mean, this year is going to bring more workshops and uh, also speaks where I'm uh, uh, giving talks at, at uh, conferences and, and festivals. And uh, yeah, I think I don't have any like plans or like I don't I I've never been into like releasing merchandise or making t-shirts or posters. I mean, I'm I'm actually a pretty shitty businessman. I I'm a pretty good sign painter because I like what I do, uh, meaning I'm I'm working hard and I work a lot giving uh good results. Uh but I would I I mean I have some dreams of becoming better at you know having a good website making some t-shirts and making some posters available for sale, but I don't know it's been in the books for for a few years. Oh, but I think you should do it because first first of all you get like more money for what you love, and yes. it will give you more opportunities and also like people will love having like posters from you or like t-shirt yeah. design and. And there yeah. is many beneficial things for it. So if yeah. you can do it, you can always hire someone <laughs> to help you, you know, yeah, that's to do true. stuff for you. Like, yeah, I know Because ma many artists, they are good at what they do, but they're not good in business or marketing. So no, that's true. I should probably get around it. But uh, Milan, uh, do you want to wrap up? Yeah, we're just about finishing, mate. I was just to say last thing, like, uh, okay, if can you I, want uh, to. Can I, what? can I make a, a story with your beautiful face? <laughs> sure, you can do it. <laughs> I'm just going to uh, make a, a little uh, photo. Okay, okay. smile. smile. <laughs> I'm smiling. Excellent. <laughs> Thank you. So, if uh, for the people who are listening, if you want to tell them something, to inspire them, to help them, if you want to give any advice or share anything from your life, promote whatever you want, just go for it. Well... At my apprenticeship, I was painting signs and I really felt like I was in my right element. And that is when I noticed this is something I need to put my focus into. And I would like anybody who's not like happy with their current situation, maybe you're a graphic designer, you're bored at work, to start exploring um, things that you like. And if you find anything uh, you're doing whether it's being baking bread or riding your bike if you love that moment see if you can somehow 
make that into your uh, uh you know your work you know because that is what i did i i turned my 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 hobby or my passion into a full-time business and now i can work 100 hours a week or fucking 16 hours a day and it doesn't feel like work i'm just like happy all the time i'm actually getting paid to do what i love the most it's outrageous and i'll i'll encourage anyone who who finds uh, that moment to to sort of like see how can i make this into to making a living because then you won't work a day for the rest of your life you know it's cliche but it's so true okay i think it's a great great ending of the episode and practice practice and practice. Practice, practice practice keep writing keep writing <laughs> <Just> keep writing <laughs> So thanks a lot, buddy, for your time. Thanks for You're sharing welcome. your story and your secrets. And uh, maybe we'll talk another time again if there is something yeah. to share Let's with people. Let's do it. Definitely. Thank you so much, Mil. Good to see you again, mate. Thanks a lot, buddy. <laughs> so that's it for today, guys. I hope you enjoyed uh, this episode with uh, Jacob as much as I did. As you know, we launch new episodes each Sunday. You can uh, listen to the Calligraphers podcast on uh, Anchor app. Spotify, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast and many other places as well as you can uh, watch the video to the podcast on Calligraphy Masters YouTube channel. Please feel free to uh, give a good rating to the podcast on the application where you're listening if you're enjoying the podcast. Thank you for listening. Thank you for the support. And as always, keep writing. <laughs>